Yo, guys, what is going on? This is the Highly Advised Podcast. I am here with my amigos and compadres for episode 65 of the Highly Advised Podcast. How are you guys doing? How are you feeling? What's good? God is the greatest. Shouts out to everybody. It's your boy, Big Cozy, Too Cozy, here for episode 65, looking for a grand episode. Once again, you know, you got the three guys, the three amigos, you got Speedy Gonzalez and his two sidekicks, so shout out to everybody. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. You know what it is. It's episode 65. If, if you don't know the voice, you probably know the, know me by name. Mm. It's Spence. Otherwise known as St. Kitch on Instagram. You can follow me there, S-T-K-I-T-C-H. Also, if you want to, you can also follow the Highly Advised Podcast as well on Instagram. Okay. You can follow Advise Highly on Twitter. Okay. And more than likely, because you're probably listening to this on like your on your podcast app. But if you're not and you want if you are and you want to see us in person, go to YouTube and check out the, the Highly Advised Podcast. Yes, sir. Yeah, we got 65. This episode 65 with plenty of cuts on there. So yeah, you like it. Yeah, tons of videos, hundreds of videos, in the words yeah. of 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 great of people before. I won't say great people, but some people would say before we have millions of videos. What, million, what will he say? He said 100 YouTube, 10 million MySpace, something like that. Something like that. Legend. <laughs> like, Base guy, damn you, damn you doing good, and you torn. What is it? Damn base guy, you doing good, and you torn seven Gs. I forget what it was. Damn I'm, base guy, you done came up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing this week? Man, I'm doing good. I can't complain, man. It's been a good week. Um, you know, as always, when it comes to sports and music, there's always something. Um, there's always something brewing, of course. But other other than that, like being entertained by what's been like coming through social media. I've been pretty good, man. How about yourself? You know, I'm feeling blessed, man. Like I, uh, you know, got some new things on the way and, uh, I guess I'll let loud get, you know, give as to how his week was. And then I got a question for y'all. Cause my, my dad, who is a listener of the show said that if we do not talk about it, he will dig in both of our asses, me and you spent specifically. So wow. How was your week? Man, God is the greatest. Let's get to your thing with your dad. All right. So I can't get too far into the situation, but I'll put it like this. Us three young black males, we, you know, are in the workplace. Let's just say you're the person that leads you, right? Seems to be a little passive aggressive there, you know, kind of saying things, cutting you off during conversation. Hmm. Is there a way you in that situation can actually stand up for yourself without looking like the aggressor. This happened to me in the past where I was being cut off. I decided not to be cut off anymore. And suddenly I was the aggressor when I was not aggressive. How do you guys feel about that? I can say this, right? I think there's a way of doing it without seeming like the aggressor. It's just a very thin line at the end of the day. Like you're toting a very thin line to, in order for that to be possible. Just because everything is all based off perception. It's hard to do it because it's really about the way you go about it. Definitely in the moment, it can be a little hard because in order to get your point across, sometimes you may have to like, what some would say is pressing the line in a sense, right? 
like definitely like after the conversation, like after that conversation is over, it probably becomes another conversation between you and the lead just to make sure we're all level setting ourselves. So what do you, what about you, Lyle? What do you think? First of all, shouts out to the honorable relaxa Jackson's dad, you know, without you, you couldn't have birth a superstar and Nigel. Facts. So shouts out to you. Basically nobody's cutting big cozy y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's cut nobody's cut me off except for the old lady. And when she cut me off, because I probably said something stupid or I'm doing something not smart or whatever. But like I just feel like in conversation arguments, stand your ground. And I feel feel like don't let somebody just simply put, just don't be a bitch in your debates or arguments. Don't if you're having a, a, a a conversation amongst a friend, not even a friend. When you're having a, a friendly civil conversation, you know, I feel like people know the cue, they know the signs, the signals, when to chime in and when to step in. And if they overstep the boundaries, that's when you kind of kind of like, hey, I didn't finish my point, let me finish. Another person, assuming that they're a respectable person, they'd be like, oh, my bad. You know, I didn't mean to do that. I thought you were finished. But if it's an argument and shit, be be a man if you if you're a woman be a woman let people know like no fuck that you're gonna let me finish you gonna hear what the fuck i'm have to say before you gotta say what you gotta say don't i feel like cutting in and cut people off or blah 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 or trying to voice over other another person is disrespectful so that's just my take so i'll i'll just say what happened to me like essentially i was being cut off in a meeting with you know, to higher ups, let's just say that. And on um, one of these higher ups, you know, she's a little known for being disrespectful to people in the workplace, this, that, and the third. So I just kept on talking. I was just like, look, like, I'm just going to say what I have to say because I'm not trying to necessarily be disrespectful to you. And I, you, for whatever reason, you want to make your point and you think that your point is more important than mine. So I'm just going to finish what I have to say. And then the other person cut me off and said, hey, stop being like, whoa, 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 let's relax. And I'm like, I didn't cut her off. I, I waited for her to stop talking. And, you know, for whatever reason, that's that's that. So I kind of saw what it was, and I was like, I'm out. Hey, man. They don't, they don't deserve a young legend like you, man. Hey, man. You know, it is what it is. People Thanks. don't know how to handle shit, you know? So it is what it is. Move on. Exactly. If you don't like your situation, move on. It don't hurt enough if you're not willing to make the steps to move on. So I agree the, with that 100%. So the fact that you're moving on, my brother, it was hurting you, and you're like, F this, I don't like this hurt. So I think yeah. you have to know your value in order yeah, to know what absolutely. you should be dealing with and what you shouldn't. You know what I mean? If 100%. You, if you feel like, if you don't feel like you should deal with something and it's that bad, you're not going to deal with it forever. And yes, sir. It, if you choose to deal with it, it's because, like you said, it's not hurting you that bad. I'll put it like this. Like, if you're hungry, you're going to eat, right? I mean. That's a fact. 100%. Just kind of like the locks might eat dip set. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're right. I Actually, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be interesting when they go against each other. I, man, I, I really think dip set is going get to the, get the best of them. I'm sorry. I, I do too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. The locks have a the locks can make this very interesting, right? Especially like depending on how they how this whole thing is played out. Because 
you have like too many. It, it when you really think about it, you're gonna have like six, six to six to seven artists, right? on stage at any given moment. And when we're talking dipset, you might really be talking about 10 people on stage at one, any point from 40 Cal to Hell Rail to JR Ryder. Like Riki, he made, Ziki. Yeah, Uncasa. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you, there's more, like there's literally moments where you can have all these artists be there, right? You have a possibility of them showcasing many artists just within their camp. Not the songs that they featured themselves on or were a part of from different entities, whether it's their single careers or not. So like, it's it's interesting, but I, I just see Dipset beating them, man. Like, I mean, granny, you got all about the Benjamins, but Dipset, Anthem, like, then you oh, have man. Summer, you, even like Jim Jones balling, Summer in Miami, uh, Clock, not, I think it's a clocking or, um, or even Joel Santana running, which is one of Chris Brown's first single. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how it would match up in, in comparison to the locks, but I think they just have too much firepower, man. Like, you know, when I you know, we all know how dipset was when we were younger, like they fucking were running shit for a certain period of time. And I think that like when I think of the locks, I think legendary group, obviously, all all members are legends, you know what I mean? But I don't think they have what it takes to beat dipset though. Well, I'll I won't say they don't have it. I think they have what it takes. To beat Dipset? They have what it takes. It's, this is going to be a close match. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to get blown out. Don't yeah, get me wrong. No, I just don't I'm think saying, they're going to win. I think this is going to be... A, I have Dipset winning this, but I think this is a close match. Okay. Like I see this being like a two-song difference. Like It's like there's only going to be two songs. Someone only wins by maybe one or two songs. Like It's not going to be a blowout or, oh, he had the four or five-song lead on him because... At the end of the day, like the locks still have, they have bad boys whole catalog. So that means you're pulling Little Kim, Biggie. <laughs> you probably can't even get uh Mob Deep somewhere in there, DMX, Eve. Like you're they're getting they were part of DMX and Rough Riders at one point. So like yep. they like the locks at the locks as a group. And then if you're able to get the individual songs, like I get high by Styles P and Love it. like why by Jada Kiss. Like <laughs> Like, I, I got I, all right. So, on the topic of verses, just I just thought of it while you guys were talking about the shit. What if the next verses or future verses is like fucking Tim McGraw versus another <laughs> country artist, Reba? Yeah, <laughs> bringing Reba on, like <laughs> that would be sick. I, I. It, that would be sick. I will say this. It, it will probably get there when they probably say like, okay, we've built this as big as we can in hip hop. And now let's go make the, cause you know, you get Tim McGraw and Reba versus each other. You might, that's like a, that for real, for real, that might make them a billion dollar company. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to be numbers, man. People yeah. love, people love country music, man. Yeah. And that, that's all racist and creeds too. And people know who the fuck Reba is. Oh, absolutely. Hell, imagine if you were able to get, like, Linkin Park and, like, or no, scratch that. If you actually had, uh, what was it, NSYNC versus, like... Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. I think they should do it. Why not, man? You know how much numbers that would do? That would do big numbers, man. That would probably be the biggest one, because I think... Might be. Yeah, that would be the... That would have to be, because, let's be real, we're all going to watch it. 
Like I know I'm gonna watch. I, I'll put it like this for me. I, I'll I'll watch highlights. I don't, I don't yeah. think because I don't. I already don't watch a whole lot of these versus battles. The only two versus battles I ever watched was DMX versus Snoop Dogg and Gucci and Jeezy. I didn't even watch Soldier Boy and Rome and uh, not Romeo. Um, Bow Wow. <laughs> wow. Exactly. So I, I already don't watch a whole lot of these battles to begin with. So I can't promise and be guaranteed, but like, yeah, I'm tuning into Antique and Backstreet. But when <laughs> when I already don't watch a lot of the genre, I do enjoy listening to it. So. <laughs> I can respect that. I can respect yeah. that. <laughs> I know for me, if they if that were to happen, I would watch it. Cause I mean, I was as a kid, I was a fan of like their music also. Like I have a very wide range of um, of music. I think all of us and most kids like were 90s babies have that range of oh oh yeah I liked Britney Spears and yeah and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys but don't get me wrong I love 50 Cent Snoop Dogg <laughs> yeah yeah like no I I definitely agree with you like me growing up watching pro wrestling and shit I definitely like some rock bands that I know that I mean I can't I'm not gonna say here a lot to listeners like yeah I'm a I'm a connoisseur in rock music no but I appreciate the genre from being exposed to it. So I definitely agree with you with, with, uh, I definitely agree with what you're saying, Spence. (laughs) 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 But back to the, uh, back to like this versus battle, right? Like I, how, what's your opinion on, because this is going to be slated for August 3rd and it's going to be in New York city, right? What's your opinion on this where it's going to be an event for the public where you're buying, people are buying tickets to, I think, I believe it's Madison Square Garden. Go ahead, I'm not mad at it. I think that it's, it's dope. It's kind of like a, a concert in a sense. So I'm not mad at that. I think it's cool. It gives a chance for the, the fans to go show the support or not even show support to a particular side, but just enjoy the music from the era. I just look at it as like a, a reunion concert. And of course the event is like hits versus hits, but I think it's going to be a good time. So them selling tickets. Yeah. It's not a problem. At the end of the day, these artists in the the promotion, you know, they want to get paid. So why not open up to the public where they could come and have fans in attendance? I think the real question is how many people are going to get COVID that night? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, everybody could, will be wearing their mask. <laughs> I, I feel like that that will always become a thing. But if we're, you know, we're just talking about how do you feel? But I, I don't know. I I'm not thinking about the COVID part. And I know. I'm joking. And, and listeners, yes, COVID is important. We're not discrediting it. I was just thinking of like you know, fans just being there to enjoy the music that they they like. If they go with this approach of now putting it in stadiums, because we all know now that COVID's now that the now that we've gotten we've normalized ourselves to being back outside with the pandemic, right? Post pandemic, it's less likely people are going to want to watch something like on stay at home to watch something on their phone. Like I, I think Bow Wow Soldier Boy might have been on a weekend, but like majority of these a majority of these events now have happened like during the week, right? So with this being like something that's going to be in a in a venue now, I I think this could be something that where I I, I wouldn't be surprised if at one point they stop doing verses and just do a versus tour. Because like 
I mean, if you think about it, right? Like if you're able to get like the right acts together, let's say you you can't watch this on a live stream or whatever. If you do, you have to pay for it. So it's like paying for a concert, which we learn people are willing to do because during the COVID during uh COVID-19, you can't see this, right? And let's say they're locks and dipset tour this across like several different cities. I think if you put this in New York, this would sell crazy for four or five nights. If you put this in Philly, it would do well. And like it, I think it has a possibility of just being one of those things. It it shows that there may be a new opportunity for something like this, similar to when we used to have like the Wayne versus Drake tour. So I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, only because I feel like one of the special things about Versus is, hey, we're doing this one night, we're pulling out 20 songs, this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a, it's an event. You know what I mean? Right. When you make that and you stretch it out over multiple nights in multiple cities, it loses most of the charm from that event. Now, what I think they should do, because I think what your idea isn't bad, but I think it should be implemented differently, is instead of doing one versus multiple times why don't you do multiple verses in different cities on a more frequent basis you can have your instincts and shit like that if you're doing it more frequently and get a different audience as well so you're saying you you think it may be best that they the so you're saying like it, it would be like having like your instincts versus backstreet boys your dipset versus locks your gucci man versus jeezy's all like what they're doing now but open to public venues and knock them out fast that would be interesting. That would that would be interesting. I, but I, I do think at some point they're going to have to create a somewhat static thing where this thing reoccurs. Only reason I say that is because like you only have there's only let's be real there's only a finite amount of people that we want to see compete against each other. Right. And we're talking at the highest level. And at some point the you're going to milk it down where it'll be not twenty versus twenty, but like these theoretical ten versus tens. Right will start happening more often. So it's like, or then it becomes five versus five and so on and so forth. So like, I mean, I think at some point, I agree with you. I think that would be dope if they put those in, in venues because it's, it, it like you said, it's an event. It's like boxing. <laughs> it's like boxing at that point. It's like MMA where it's like, I get to see this one event, this one singular time. If it never happens again, only in this moment. But I think they're, they're, they're going to have to find some way of like milking this, I think though. I, I think when Nigel was saying what he was saying, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of trivia as well as the listeners. It reminded me of a moment with, once again, pro wrestling. WrestleMania two, the triple main event that had three different cities in one night, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York. And they had three, they had three separate cards and three separate main events for each thing. So yeah. it's like, yeah, look, look it up. So I, I see what Nigel's saying, and I can understand that approach. And it has been done before in some shape or fashion. And I think it would be a creative approach to something, too, to not also give more, but also not to water down. But also that approach can get watered down, too, if you do it so much. But if you make yep. it if you make it like a special occasion type of thing, I think it could benefit as well. No, that, that has a that that's a good point, because I when. Definitely, like you said, if you if they're if they said it where it's like, hey, we're only doing six of these a year, so it's like you get six, you're getting six back to backs a year, but a versus a year, but it's in these certain locations. Like I, I can understand that because then it's like you only there's only one in one major city, so you might have one in New York, 
one in LA, one in Atlanta, or maybe one in Chicago or somewhere Detroit. like that. It, exactly. Like, and probably have and more than likely though, they'll probably have the venue probably be close to whatever the region is that verses will come from or right. from the artist. Which so yeah, is, that makes sense. Which is part of what makes like, you know, the whole versus thing a little special. You know what I mean? Now, my question for y'all is who would be in a versus with T Pain? Pretty Usher. much the because of the beef. You said Usher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I don't know who would win a T Pain and Usher. That's actually because T Pain got some hits. T Pain uh, and Usher got hits, man. Yeah. I think I think that'd be hits, man. That would be a fun battle, but I was just saying, just to be funny, between because you know Usher came out to T Pain and said what he said. Say so you ruined yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have T Pain kind of, kind of in a sense going with what Usher's saying, where it's like, yo, everybody sounds the same, which the sound comes from T Pain to some. If we're if we're going to be all the way honest, T Pain is like the the father of this auto tune sound. So. <sighs> Yes and no. Well, uh, I mean, I'm saying when I say father of the sound, I mean like in rap. I know we know all the know we all know about like the Zap Band and the other those that came prior to him. But I'm talking about in terms of the artists that took it and just said, "Yo, this is the only sound that I have." People didn't know he could even sing. No, I just feel like that the 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 watered down product of rap music today. It was, I don't look at it because of, it was T-Pain's doing. I look at it like a lot of these young artists, when you hear them talk and you talk about their biggest influences, T-Pain is not included in none of it. Even though T-Pain is still somewhat relevant today, he's still getting a lot of money. He still has a lot of stuff to do with music behind the scenes and all that. A lot of these relevant rappers today, faces rappers, they don't mention T-Pain as an influence or a source. So I, that's why I say yes and no. But see that, see, well, see, that's the thing to me, right? Like I, cause I totally, I totally agree there where I don't see them as, they don't verbally say he is a source, right? The reason why I'm saying that with T-Pain is the sound that they, the, whoever is their influence, right? Primarily like, uh, cause a lot of these auto-tune rappers it, we can all say a lot of it comes back to Wayne, right? Okay. Where, because Fair Wayne, enough, yeah. Wayne had his run where he was doing auto tune, but that is inspired because you had T Pain, right? So like you, Kanye West, T Pain. You need like there's all these other these these people that really were the ones that influenced everybody else. It all comes from T Pain, and that's why I'm saying that. That's the main reason why I'm saying that. Well, how do y'all feel about what he said about rappers sounding the same right now? Like, do you, like how I know Lyle, I've, you have something to say. Go ahead. I've been saying this shit. Mm. I've been saying it. Now, now somebody who who is a lot more notoriety than I do when it comes to fucking music and in, 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 in the entertainment world, for, for sure. I've been saying this shit for multiple episodes of the podcast. You have all these crybaby ass niggas <laughs> singing on singing on guitar pianos and shit sounding the fucking same. And it's just the same. It's the melodic sound is there's no so when you when people talk about like Rod Wave and Maury and all that stuff, they sound one of the same. The little babies, the little dirk, they kind of sound one of the same. 
all these fucking rappers. You have to you have to get an auto tune sounder guy who sounds very left field, kind of like your Trippy Red. Trippy Red don't. Yes, he used heavy auto tune, but he don't sound like a little baby. He's kind of like very like, hey, I'm trying to go like the Playboy Cardi, little Uzi route type of shit, where, you know, it's kind of like rock star. You know, I'm in the fucking rave type of shit, but the majority of the sound is the same. And I just, I agree with T-Pain, bro. Like we already have a lot of these fucking little baby, the baby, little Dirk, blah, blah, blah. It's like they're branching off to the same type of fucking artists. I, I don't understand why upcoming rappers want to rap like them. Like we already got a little baby or he already stamped. You know what I mean? Why we don't need a hundred rappers like that. And the thing is about it, and, and no discredit to the rappers that's that's rapping like them because you know they enjoy their music and they're influenced by it. But it's like these fans, every time there's something different, oh, it's so whack, these old heads, da da da, this and a third, and all that. And then next thing you know, these fuckers rappers aren't selling because I'm like the people who actually have money to go buy this shit know this shit is bullshit. And they're not going to fucking buy it. Like, nobody wants to hear something. i rather... It's like this. The Soldier Boy console, right? Hey, I could go out and I could actually buy myself a PlayStation Xbox. Why am I going to buy the Soldier Boy console? Shouts out to Soldier Boy. We fuck with Big Gucci Soldier, Big Draco. But let's be real. PlayStation Xbox are better than the Soldier Boy console. So why am I going to listen to these watered-down, pamper-ass rappers when I could just listen to Lil, Lil Durk and Lil Baby? I, I just don't get it. And that's why I, I agree with T-Pain, man. I'm going to disagree and agree with you. Like I agree with the majority of what you said. Um, I think when a lot of these rappers like come out, I think their goal is, hey, how do I get the biggest buzz quickly. And I think that when you make your sound sound similar to the sound that's popular, you can kind of ride that wave up and then kind of change your way as you go or whatever the case. Or you can keep on doing that shit until your career is over. Your choice. But it's like, at the same point in time, I, I'll i disagree because I'll say that a lot of the music that is sounding the same is selling right now. I think that a lot of the reason why we hear a lot of these rappers sound the same is because... The labels say, hey, um, Travis Scott, Trippy Red, Polo G, Lil TJ, all their records are selling. We need more people that sound like that because even if they don't sound, even if we don't take the chance on somebody who sounds unique, we're going to take the sound on somebody who sounds the same, get a little bit of money, and shovel them off to the side once they're done. But people who can break away from that and actually put out the type of music that just is just the type of music they want to make regardless of whatever's going on, they end up being pretty successful because it's like, hey, nobody sounds like Kendrick. Nobody sounds like Benny. Nobody sounds like Westside. You know what I mean? Like, So you have these people who are out here doing separate things, and they they can flourish in their own way. No, And I, I agree with you on that. I just think that there's not enough of those different-sounding rappers. And I, and I can't – I don't know if – if it's because somebody is afraid to go that route because they're so money hungry or they're just, they're so caught up with, with what everybody likes and they want to be a stick in the ass thinking crybaby rapper. And I just don't, that's the shit that kills me. Like, I just feel like years ago we had, yes, you always had a popular sound and I'm not going to discredit that. 
But I just feel like before you had, and I'm not talking about before like 20, 30 years ago, but I'm just saying before you had variety. Now it's like 80% crybaby auto-tune. I don't, I just don't get that. And I'm not saying all of it is bad. Some of it is enjoyable to listen to. Some of it is really not that bad. But majority of it is fucking, it's very commercial, watered-down industry plant bullshit. So, see, this is what I'll say, right? So, I I, I partially agree and disagree with you both. Um, I do agree where, like, there is a sound today that... Unfortunately, most people just copy the same unique, the same sound. And I agree, like you have at some point where you have like your little babies, your little dirks, your the babies, like you have certain you have certain artists at a, at a certain echelon that carry that sound. Right. And after that, it's like after that is it's just overflow. Anything after that, it's like I, I can go without. Right. I agree there. I, But I also piggyback off the like the statement that you said before where you were like, hey, this music, there's always going to be a popular sound, right? So when there's always a popular sound, unfortunately, most people chase that same sound. The same when Wayne was the biggest guy and everybody, every every one of our favorite rappers rapped like Lil Wayne at one point. There's even, you even have Kendrick Lamar that once rapped like Lil Wayne, Thug that once rapped like Lil Wayne. And it didn't work for them. And eventually they found their own niche, right? And hopefully that happens for some of these artists, but that's to be determined. I think with the artists we have, I think the 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 thing is today is that there is, I believe there is a variety because today music is so easily accessible that you can listen to whatever you want to listen to at the end of the day. Now, granted, like I, at a mass level, the sound is always going to be one stream, right? Like or one or two different sounds at, at the Mac. It's hard to have that level of diversity, I think, in terms of sound today. That sound, i.e. I. being like a radio sound, the sound that goes the most, right? The same way with Pop Smoke. When Pop Smoke was putting out music, he came through with this big wave of, of, of music. Brooklyn Drill. Yeah, the Brooklyn, he carried, and the sound was there prior to him, right? Because you had like your 22 Gs, you had... Yeah, um, damn, I forget his name. It, it's actually the rapper that he, he's be, he beefs with a lot. Um, but you have like these other rappers, right? Chef G's. Like you have these rappers that came prior to him, but Pop Smoke made that song, that sound big. And now you have every rapper out of New York rapping over that type of sound, right? The same way it's like, now granted, it's a small, it's much smaller. No different than the drill sound at one point where drill was the only type of music that people put out. And I think, like you said, there's there's a certain level in which the music can only go. There's only so many people that can make this sound sound good and unique for them. Or you can deviate, for me at least, I can deviate between what's Lil Baby and what's Lil Dirt in terms of the sound, in terms of the subject matter that they rap about and how even some of it overlaps at the same time. I think the issue is like where, and where Team Pain comes in and I, I understand it, it's like, it's a bittersweet thing to say, but because we have the accessibility to make music so easily today is why you have so many people making the same sound, I think. I disagree and with that. I, well, I, well, tell me why you disagree. 
I think the reason why we hear it is because people want to be popular. You know what I mean? That's that is, I think, the the general reason behind it all. If like I said, nobody sounds like Westside, but there's definitely people who try to sound like Westside. There's definitely people who try to sound like Kendrick, you know what I mean? And they try to do that in order to, it's either one, that's just the type of music they want to make and there's nothing wrong with that. Or two, they are trying to capture a sound that people like and benefit off of it for their own gain. So me personally, if I'm, if I hear somebody who sounds like Kendrick or whatever, cool, but why would I listen to a discount version of him when I can just listen to him straight up? That's what I feel. I mean, I I agree with that, but even then, it's different strokes for different folks because, and I mean, I know he's your boy and all, and like, <laughs> I know he he's a, your, I know he's your boy. No, not Kendra. I'm not even talking about Kendra. I'm talking Ooh. about the person that copied off of Kendrick at one point in time. Oh, okay. Um, like your boy Logic, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like it. Shout and we out all, to Logic too. Yeah, hey, yo, happy retirement, like. The thing is with like even with him, like when he put out his, I think his project under pressure, it yeah. was literally like a a carbon copy of like Good Kid, Mad City. There's some like, similarities, you know. The, the strong similarities, <laughs> like, like the like oh, like oh, I, I watched what you scribbled in your notepad and recorded your life type of some similarities. Okay, Jay Z, like, like hey, <laughs> hey, it, but but look though, like like I said. You can you can come in, and that's not to say that Cut Logic didn't have a career prior to that album. Like he did, and you can come in and you can sound like something else that's popular, which it did sound popular or similar to that. I'm not gonna lie, but he does he doesn't sound like Kendrick right now. I wouldn't say like would you say that you listen to his music and think, damn, that sounds like just like Kendrick. You know what I mean? Like I don't think so. People said that shit about Big Sean. They said he sounded ludicrous, right? Do, does do any of us think that last? The last Big Sean album sounds like a ludicrous album. It doesn't. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree with that. But I think that also comes with like the one of like the the sad disdains that people have when it comes to music, right? Because I think this argument of rappers all sounding the same will always li- exist, no matter what, right? No matter what the sound is, I think it will always exist because you have, like you say, you have Logic, you have Kendrick, right? One point in time they sounded the same and now they deviated from each other. The same as the same goes for plenty of artists where you have rappers that once tried to sound like Chief Keef that sound differently now. Or you have rappers that you have rappers today that are matter of fact, um, what was that kid's name? Um out of the YBN crew, right? Like the one that was actually good, like Corday. Oh, like, okay. okay. Like even for him, he raps a certain way. Like he he, you thought he was, you, we grouped him there and then eventually he expanded his sound into something else. And I think that's the biggest thing that people have to realize. I think that's the biggest takeaway from it. It's like, yo, you can, you're going to have people that sound the same and then eventually branch off. And the people that don't, they eventually fall like weeds at the end of the day. Like it's, it's one of those, it's one of those tricky things. But like I said, like we'll, we'll always see this happen. Like the same, like I said, with Pop Smoke, like, he he created a sound that people are now have ran with it since he's passed. So even like in his passing, like it sounds like he's like reinventing his sound now because of his new album, Faith, that just came out. Did you guys actually did you guys listen to it? I didn't listen to it. RP Pop Smoke, I fuck with the big woo. 
I knew that shit was a cash grab. But when they announced the album, I was like, why are they doing another fucking album? Like, the man already passed. They already released the album after he passed. And shouts out to that album. But this album just seemed like a cash grab. And the general consensus is, yeah, this album doesn't sound like a Pop album. It's written with features that what artists that he may may have not worked with. And it's just like, and I get it, industry bullshit. They all give a fuck about the money, not about the art. But I wasn't wasting my time with it. And if there were good songs on it, listeners, you know, let us know in the comments or whatever. But I I just, I had a strong feeling like this album wasn't going to be all that. And unfortunately, I was right. I didn't have a chance to listen to it, but I have a problem with multiple post-homage releases from artists, you know what I mean? Like, me personally, I felt the same way when they did this to um, Tentacion. It's like, all right, you put out one album after he passes away, and I understand, you know, it's good for the fans, it's good for, you know, his estate and whatever, you know, this, that, and the third. But when you're putting out, like, two or three albums, it's like you're doing these artists that pass away, like Tupac. And we all know, like, hey... They put out way too many Tupac albums after he passed away, like remixes, da 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 da, this that and the third. They're re they're reusing his verses, this that and the third. And I feel like, to me personally, we listen to these artists to hear the sound that they were making while they were still here. We're not hearing these artists to listen to somebody else's interpretation of how they want them to sound on these other releases. Because after you get past the first release, after they pass away, that's what it is. They had. Yeah, they might have had some part in it, but it will not be the product that they wanted to put out. It won't. Yeah, I mean, I I agree there in terms of, like, just that subject of, like, how the sound, like, at the end of the day, there's a finite sound at at the end of the day for that artist because it's, if you die at 26 and you're still putting out albums 15 years later, you're still, it's still the sound of a 26 year old rapping, not someone that's almost 40 years old. I'm not a big fan of like the post-ostomous or uh, however you pronounce the word uh, correctly. Uh, I'm not a big fan of like those albums, af- like you said, after a while, because they can get milked down, especially like depending on like the sound. But I think for fans, like if, I think if it's done correctly, I think for fans, it's not, it's not wrong. It's not bad if it's like a fan, because I, at, at the end of the day, like with Pac, for instance, he's like someone else, he's someone else that we've all seen where, hey, he put out this music and they re-released it over these course of years that pretty much opened opened Tupac up to other people who have never heard of him, right? And sometimes crafting that sound, re-sculpting the sound based off what the elements of of music today is, it's totally understandable. Um, For the Pop Smoke album, though, uh, I did listen to it. It wasn't that bad for the most part, um, but... This was this was like ultraly progressive from the sound that he had in his last album, right? After he had passed. It was a good album, but I think like the biggest complaint in which we saw through social media was like the the whole thing about Top Shot It, right? Where it's a song where he has Pusha T on it, where of course Pusha T throughout the whole album, if anybody listens, he's taking random subs at Drake, which is probably another reason why CLB hasn't came out yet. You see where it's like, okay, they remove some, they use an old song, which I think that's when it gets a little tricky. And they remove the original artist off the song and put Pusha T there instead. And on top of it, the song sounded horrible. 
in terms of production because they tried to make it sound so polished and studio-esque. It was a bad beat, bad, just everything was bad about it for the most part. It's one of those albums where it's like, if they did this in the right fashion, it could have been something worthwhile listening to in terms of just keeping the name alive and using, popularizing other verses. But for an album like this, that was a cash grab that even his family even said they had no, they, I don't even think they had parts in this, so. Uh, the last thing I want to say about this before we move on is nobody remembers Pac's life, the album. And that was one of his many albums that came out after he passed away. But everybody remembers All Eyes on Me, Machiavelli, shit. People even remember Tupacalypse, strictly for my N-words. Albums when he was alive. So I don't have a problem with the first album after the artist passed away, kind of like Life After Life After Death when Biggie passed away. But when you start stretching it out, nobody remembered those albums. You did you guys remember Pac's life? Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, exactly, exactly. That was that one of his albums that came out after he died, and that's the problem that I have with these cash grab albums when these artists pass away. I saw something online that Juice World was coming. Like for what? See. Uh, RP Juice World, but he doesn't. There, there's no need to be dropping more albums and more stuff like that. It's it comes off as like they're trying to get, they're trying to continue to make money off his name. So, do you feel like after artists pass, if an artist has like 200 songs still sitting around, you feel like they should never get released to the public? I was just talking a lot about the shit the other night. I think if uh, what they should do, hey, we know you love this artist. They have have a thousand dollars, a thousand songs in the tuck. Hey, we're gonna put out all that shit. You can listen to it for the rest of your life, polished, unfinished, whatever. This is what he did. This is the sound he wanted. This is what it was supposed to be. He passed away. Are you expecting it to sound perfect? No, you're not. You're expecting it to sound like whatever he was making. I don't. I disagree with the stuff unless it's like hey this is a remix album somebody liked his music so much that we're just going to take it and put it over different beats or whatever the fuck and then that's fine but me personally like don't take somebody who passed away sound try to make it yours for some financial gain i think that's bullshit and i think that's kind of dis a discredit to the art to the artist that is actually you know in question i repeat to the the people that we mentioned but there's no reason why there needs to be a promoted album like, if you want people to listen to the remains of the music, put it out. Just put it out. Don't bundle it in an album. Get all these industry names involved. Like, it's it's nonsense. Exactly. That's why I say it's cash grab. It's cash it, grab bullshit. Yeah, I mean, but that's the that's the business at the end of the day. Like, I mean, I think despite what any of us say, right, I think all of us could agree, like, it. even in, in a hypothetical world, even if if... If, it, if you were on the other end of it, right, where you were the label, you had all these songs from an artist that had passed. You had spent all this money and invested all this money into this artist. He gives you 200 songs. He passes away. You're not going to be like, oh, let me just put out, I'm going to just release all 200. Because you, that, at, at that, because at the end of the day, like I, any sport, any form of entertainment, everything is a, there's a business side to any right. piece of entertainment art. Like, there is, at the end of the day, you're going to have to, you're going to be like, okay, well, at some point you're going to want to yield something on your investment, even if it's putting out the music that the way it sounds, or even if it's 
okay, this is how it sounded when he came, when it was out, we're just going to tweak some things. You're still going to do, you're going to find a way of putting the music out in a way where it's palatable, but you get a return on what you, what you've invested into. It's a cash grab bullshit. Not, right. What you just said is cash grab bullshit. Doesn't make it right. It doesn't make. That's why nobody that's business, man. We get that. It nobody likes it. That's the point of the thing. Nobody fucks with it. No, we understand why it's being done. We understand why the the corrupt businesses industry is going to do it. We understand they want their money, but for the art of it and for the fan sake of it. Nobody likes it. Nobody cares about it. Nobody gives a fuck. Don't like it. You got well. You didn't say anything, Spence. But Nigel just admitted he does remember the Pox like a Pox Life album. But that's them trying to make a, a recoup. They're trying to get their money off of the Tupac name. And right. I guarantee you, after we're done recording, you're not going to go research and try to listen to the entire Pox Life album neither. <laughs> so what? So that's the thing that I'm saying. Like, yeah, we we get why these businesses are doing it. Doesn't mean we have to like it, and and it's like most people say, "Hey, this shit is just not good." I mean, I, I respect your opinion. I'll say that I respect your opinion. We'll move on because I, I don't necessarily agree with everything, but I respect your opinion for the most part. I I just choose not to participate, but I know that uh, one thing we are going to participate in later in the year is going out to events. And if you haven't heard that wrestling is bringing people back out into the public. And people are, you know, celebrating being at these events. And wrestling is a top 10 sport, according to a lot of people. How do you feel about this, you guys? I feel like that's something we should have known for years, though. Is like, it, though? Yeah, I mean, wrestling, I mean, let's be honest, right? Since since childhood. Okay. Since our, since our parents' childhood, wrestling has been like the thing where you had Hulk Hogan, you had, um, you had Hulk Hogan, your Ric Flair's, yeah, Ted DiBiase's, like, oh, you had all the your Undertakers, Triple, you had different eras of, of wrestling that have been, like, staples in our country, right? So, like, I can definitely understand how it's, like, a top 10 sport. Are there, what are 10, can we even name 10, like, nine sports above them or more than 10? Can you name 10 sports above wrestling if we consider it a sport? Yeah. In terms of, like, interest? Yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. But, but the thing is, is that like, so I guess for me, the way I see it is like, I am surprised one, because like a lot of people don't consider wrestling to be a sport. I mean, and like, technically it isn't because it's, you know, scripted, da, 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 da. But I mean, you have to be athletic to, you know, be in it and this, that, and the third. So like, it's, you know, not taken away from the wrestlers that actually do what they do. But it's like, it's not in the same realm it's sports entertainment, not like sports competition. You know what I mean? Right. So like for me, I found it to be kind of surprising when wrestling, pro wrestling has went through, you know, like peaks and valleys with interest from the people, you know, oh, it's fake, da-da-da-da-da, this, that, and the third. People have had their things to say about it. Some people enjoy it. But for me, I think it's dope that it's actually there and they have people in their crowds because if you were watching it while they weren't, that didn't have people in the crowds, like it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel the same when people aren't out. Yeah, it's kind of like a a digital concert, a virtual concert from a rapper. He's on a fucking stage. He's performing his music, but it's just nothing but lights and bullshit in the background, no fans. 
and but he's doing it because technically speaking it's a concert but it just doesn't feel the same when you actually have people an audience to be right there and so i agree with Nigel with the you know with the wrestling crowds being back and i'm pretty sure these companies they they want the crowds to be bad because that's how their product thrives financially and spiritually too you know i it i feel like watching a wrestling match is 10 times more entertaining with a crowd than without a crowd because without the crowd you sit there and you'll be like wow this shit looks more unrealistic than what it's supposed to be the crowd itself just brings a certain energy even when even when we look at like even like with the UFC initially right like we had good fights in the UFC during the pandemic but it was like oh this this would hit so much more differently if there was a crowd there mm-hmm. so when you and that's from like a, a actual combat sports so when you're talking about something that's sports and entertaining supposed to be an entertainment spectacle fans need to be there and it's like it's always been the fans that uh, the crowd has always driven the way the routine has worked for a lot of like the the bigger wrestling matches from my from my memory at least right where having someone like Hulk Hogan do the the ear thing, like imagine him trying to do the ear thing and there's no crowd there. Or imagine The Rock trying to say, do you smell what I'm cooking? And there's no crowd there. Or imagine Undertaker, like, and I'm, granted, I'm going in a throwback bag, but it's like the Undertaker's whole presence or Mick Foley or any of those guys that we grew up watching, they wouldn't be as great as they were (laughs) if there was no crowd crowd there for the entertainment purpose. So, I think that's a, this is a huge jump start for them, especially. I know Vince McMahon has to be salivating over this. Huh. <laughs> and, I mean, and credit to the... It's the, money, man. No, you're right. And definitely credit to, like, the wrestlers and the performers and the athletes, part of that business, because I know that's, you know, that's their livelihood. That's all they know. And some of them, they, they know how to break away, like, you know, The Rock and now John Cena with the Fast and Furious movie and all that. But not... Not all of them have that. Not all of them have that talent or they have that desire to do other things. They they just live and breathe and wrestling, you know, that's their thing. And so shouts out to them from sticking through the pandemic and shouts out to them for being able to get back on, on, on the road and doing their thing with the crowds and all that. Did you guys ever see the UFC fights last night? Because um, the reason why I'm bringing that up now is two things. One, Misha Tate, she returned after years of a layoff. And two, there was actually a little bit of crowd in, in the fucking uh, UFC event last night at, at the little apex. Yeah, I saw that. And, like, you know, people were there and they could watch the fights go on. The fights last night weren't, like, super, super, like, entertaining. But, I mean, like, they were there were some good fights on. Um, like you said, Misha Tate made a return. Shouts out to her. Uh, she's been gone for a few years and came back and got a win. Um, I think that the matchmaking was good in that, but she also did, you know, go in there and perform. So shouts out to her. Um, I think that right now she's not in any position to go for a belt, but I think that it's a nice first step for her return as far as being in a division. And I think that she needs to just get in there and fight some more people. She clearly has some skills, you know what I mean? Like Misha Tate has never not been a skilled fighter, you know what I mean? So like I I support her and her return and her uh, you know, career comeback. Yeah, same here. Um, 
I had a chance to watch some of like the highlights from uh, some of the fights last night. Wow. Uh, it, it was good to see Misha Tate uh, making her comeback. Cause I, I think, I think some people, at least I could speak, I'll speak for myself. I was on the fence in, in terms of seeing how her performance would be coming back after taking uh, such a break. And I mean, she, I think she came back in a good fashion. I don't think it warrants her to go for a belt. Same, same as well. Nigel said, um, but I think at least it shows us like, okay, she's not it. Like has she had a fight where she got knocked out or it was like a close, a super close decision. There would probably be a whole nother conversation for Misha Tate in terms of what she'd be next for. But right. I mean, she came through, she was able to get the finish. I believe it was in the third round. Um, so it's, I think it was a good fight. It was good to see her back more of, I, I can't really speak. I'm not going to speak towards like the fight itself um, just because I saw highlights more of, but it's good to see that she's back. And hopefully it means that uh, after a few more fights, she'll be able to put herself in a space where she can actually compete for a belt again. So another question, because another person is returning TJ Dillashaw. He, he now he's been gone for a while, but for different reasons. Well, Misha Tate, she was gone because she was becoming a mother plus her heart might have not been in a competitive mindset at i mean a competitive stance at that at that point so she took some time off to do her thing tj he was gone because he got caught with needles in his ass so i just feel like how do you guys feel about his return i also seen the ufc they were trying to do like a little documentary about him getting caught with steroids and blah 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 but he's he's fighting a a who could possibly be a future champion and, and Corey Sanhagen. How do you guys, you know, a little preview to the fight next week. How do you guys feel about TJ returning and the fight itself? Come on, Sandman. Um, I want TJ Dillashaw to lose viciously. And I, I hope that um, Cody goes in there and beats him, like finishes him sooner than later. Um, I don't like TJ Dillashaw at all. He seems like, just not really a good person <laughs> to be short about it. Um, but yeah, nah, like I, me personally, I hope Cody goes in there and knocks his head off and uh, collects a paycheck because I think that he's the one that really should be fighting for the belt. I understand like the, I, I think the UFC must, you know, want to help out TJ. They're doing this, you know, little documentary, da, 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 da. Like dude got caught cheating. You know what I mean? Like, do I really want to hear the background of him getting ready for this fight? No, I don't like, I want him to go in there, put another win on Cody Sanhagen's record, and then, like, you know, just kind of fade away into obscurity. Like, me personally, like, I, <laughs> it, it just is what it is, man. I, I have no intention of seeing him, like, you know, compete in anything like that. I'm going to watch the fight, but, like, I am not a TJ Dillashaw fan at all. Yeah, I mean, I and don't get me wrong. I'm really with you in the same, uh, in the same, in the same breath, right? So I do want to see TJ lose. I have no, um, I, I'm not, I I say it like this. For TJ Dillashaw, right, he's, as a fighter, like, he he did one of the things that most fighters, when once you get, once this happens, you get kind of like a, a label put on you, right? You got caught juicing. You got caught with the supplements. You, you got caught doing the dirty dance at the end of the day, right? And after that happens, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm, we don't root for fighters because then it'd be hypocritical because of what we saw with John Jones. Right. Of course. Correct. But I think for Cody, it's just like, Hey, 
this division has moved on. The talent is, there's still great talent here and we'd rather just keep pushing along without you. Um, and plus on top of it, like he, he did have like a very, his personality was very uh, unique to say the least, because I think there were issues prior to him, um, prior to all of this, like when he was going through the whole thing with like Cody Garbrandt, where they were like, oh, you know, TJ fights dirty in, in, in training camp and even when it comes to sparring. So like he had a bad reputation already. Right. So it's like, hey, I I feel like I'd rather the sport just move on forward. But I understand why they're doing this because prior to prior to this, like in his last five fights, Cody's four and one. So like, and it's, I think what his last fight, it was him losing for the belt, I believe. No, his last right. fight, he knocked out. Um, Frankie Edgar, um, he had knocked out um, Marlon Marais before that, and I think he had lost to Aljamain before that. So it's not like, you know, those four and one, like the only one is to the guy who's fighting for the belt. I mean, technically has the belt at this moment. So, like, I, I, I you know, I don't think that um, he really should be slept on. And I think that TJ Dillashaw, like, I don't know, none of us know him personally, but at the same point in time, to get caught juicing and then, immediately want to be in the title picture something's off about that it is uh, i mean it's like what i've been saying for years for anthony pettis now now anthony pettis never got caught for juicing or nothing so i'm not calling him a junkie but he was a guy he would just get knocked out three or four times in a row and then he'll win against a, a a bum and then he immediately thinks he's one fight away from a title fight and then you know then his fans like nigel would support that because they're they're just diehard fans of anthony pettis you see that he's losing in the pfl a place where he's supposed to be shining so anyway I, you, know, you really hate anthony pettis i i hope Corey sanhagen cuts the head off the snake and moves the fuck on because tj dillashaw at least was presented to us through tv he's a fucking asshole and he thinks he's a lot better than, you know, the company he keeps. And as you've seen the whole team alpha male drama with Uri Faber, Cody Garbrandt, and it's crazy how Connor fucking called that shit out. Like, yo, this guy's a fucking snake. So, yeah, yeah I hope Corey cuts the head off the snake and then gets the next shot at the belt. Yeah, hope I think hopefully so. I mean, it... It would be kind of I, I I do think it will be kind of crazy if TJ does win this fight and they try to push him to uh, go for for a title shot, but it's it, it'd be interesting. I know uh, another fight that was very interesting that came through was that they confirmed that the Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler two fight is going to be happening. Uh, I think it was announced for UFC uh, two sixty six in September, and it's supposed to be a five round fight. Uh, What's your guys' thoughts on this? Definitely with, I think it being, what, 17 years or so since the first one? Man, let me go real quick, Nigel, because I know you might have a bit to say. I'm excited for the fight. Shouts out Nick Diaz for coming back. I think Robbie Lawler is the perfect opponent to see where Nick Diaz is at. Kind of like the Misha Tate shit. Um, The Diaz brothers, they get some special treatment, don't they? How the fuck? They're not even co-main event and they're getting five-round fights. And more than likely, they're going to get paid than they'll probably... I won't be surprised if Nick Diaz gets the highest paycheck of that card. (laughs) I I don't know what it is about them, but they they get special treatment for for guys who don't win a whole lot. (laughs) It's like, do you think it's... 
do you feel like they have just like a cult following that Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. That, that that pushes them to the top to that point because it's like because it, it, I I agree where it's like yo for someone because he's I think it's what been five years since his last fight. I think he something fought like, Anderson. Something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Five, six years, yeah. I mean, the way I see it is, like, you know, we all saw the Nate fight. Nate was getting beat up for 24 minutes, but that one minute is what we all remember. Somehow, some way, he's still talking talking about big fights, like, in welterweight, like, for the, like near the belt. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. That shit's crazy. Like, but regardless, this isn't about Nate. Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, too. I think this fight's dope, personally. I'm going to watch this shit. Like, I I think, you know, it's a good fight for both of them. I think Robbie Lawler's on his way out. I think Nick Diaz is also on his way out. Even if he goes in there and beats Robbie Lawler, he's still going to have to fight a few more people to actually be considered serious wherever he goes. But I don't think it's necessarily about that. I think Nick Diaz sees what it is. Nate's making some money. He's like, hey, I want to make some money, too. Better yet... I need a five-round fight because that's just the only way I'm going to come back. And we see how long it took. You know, Nate Diaz has been rumored to come back for maybe like a year or two. Nick Diaz got what he want. Now he's coming back in here. He's fighting Robbie Lawler. I'm not mad at it. The fight means nothing, but it'll be entertaining. And I I am waiting to see it. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I I agree there where it's like this fight, it doesn't, it means nothing in terms of like, it doesn't change anything. Like the winner of this fight, does it doesn't progress uh, the winner of this fight's career. It does is actually more upside probably for Nate than it is for Robbie Lawler, just because of how long he's been out of how long he's been out of fighting, right? So just to see if he's able to still compete. But even then, it's it doesn't mean much right? at the end of the day. And I'm quite sure there are going to be some there are going to be commenters that are going to have a, a a negative review on what we have to say because. They're such diehard fans of, of the Diaz brothers. Fuck them. <laughs> Nigel Fuck said em. it. Nigel said it. Not well, OG underscore Jackson. Follow me and hate on me if you want. Fuck y'all. <laughs> the hill has came. <laughs> hill Jackson. <laughs> I enjoy Bro. Hill Jackson. <laughs> that's your new nickname. That's yeah. We change your, that's your, we're changing your Instagram. Man. No it's more still, relaxing anymore. Yeah, Hill <laughs> Jackson. You got Jesus, this, man. There's two sides to Nigel: relaxing yeah. Jackson and Hill Jackson. <laughs> the alter ego. <laughs> but fun. yeah, um, but yeah, like I, I do think um, I don't think anybody gets anything out of this fight other than like a fan thing because my biggest thing was when I saw that. I, from a fan fight perspective, it's exciting, but from like just a logistic, a realistic standpoint, I kind of said like, "What are we doing here?" Only because it's been such a the it's been so long since the first one, right? Of like, I, to me, I, I'm not a big fan of like rematches that are like years and years, like decades apart. Because to me, at that point, it's kind of like we all know this is a money grab at that point, right? There's nothing right. else. There's nothing. Because if there was a real issue, like there would be a fight. Like when you look at John Jones and DC, despite all the issues John had, DC, him and DC had to fight it out. Like they, right. they weren't going to wait, like, okay, we fought once. We're going to wait six or seven. Imagine if they had decided to fight now for a rematch, right? Like it would just have nothing to it. So I, that was my only gripe when it came to this fight. But 
I mean, I think for fans, like, I think it's going to be an entertaining fight, of course. I don't know what we're going to get from Nate because it's been so long. I think this fight's going to be totally different from the first one, man. How could it not be? Like, you said 17 years? Yeah. I'll put it like this. Nick Diaz and Nate, one thing you got to give both of them credit for, those guys, they stay in shape. Yeah, they do. They stay in shape. So I want to be surprised if... I'm not coming out here and saying that Nick is going to run run all over Robbie Lawler. No. But Robbie Lawler is the type of opponent where he's nowhere near his prime. And also, it's a perfect... Uh, uh, it's kind of a perfect comeback fight for Nick. He's not dealing with a wrestler. He's dealing with a guy who likes to black punches with his face. A guy that he... <laughs> a guy that he's already knocked out in the past. So I, I think it's a fair, I think is an even matchup. Hey, let's see where he goes. If he could beat Robbie Lawler, who's about in the same age group with him, then, you know, maybe we could give Nick the Masvidal fight that some people were talking about. Maybe we could give him a fight against another solid welterweight. We're not talking about your Kobe's or anything like that, but, you know... And, and I, I, he's a Diaz brother. He's gonna start angling himself, his himself to try to fight Usman. Well, yep. We 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 know that. Yeah. But, I was gonna say, I was about to say Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna get that. Yeah. I was about nah, to say he, he actually might get that fight if he angles enough for it. Him fighting Israel. So no, look, hear, hear me, hear come me on. out. Here, I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying he should. But hear me out. I'm listening. It would be easier for him to fight Israel than Usman because Israel has done a good job of beating most of the top 10 in his division. He's moving on to the the rematches similar to Usman is, but Usman still has like one or two people that he can go ahead and fight and, you know, beat them, da-da-da. Leon, you know, probably somebody else in the top 10. I can't name anybody off the top of my head. But, like, that being said, Izzy, he's kind of already there where he can fight other people. I mean, he did move up to light light heavyweight recently. If Nate... If Nick Diaz moves up there and says, hey, I want to fight you, why would Izzy say no to that? Only To me, my thing is this. The only reason why Izzy would fight him would be like a, a passing of the torch fight or just like, hey, a bucket list fight more of. Not even a passing of the torch. Like a money I, fight. Yeah, it, it, it would be a money fight, definitely, because of just because because we know what Nick is going to bring out in terms of fan base, right? But I, I think it's more like that's one of those fights where it's like, hey, like, how Habib was running around saying like, oh, I would love to fight GSP because at that time that was, it would be a fight. It'd be a great fight to watch. And we know he's dominated. He was dominating people in his division already, but it's like, Hey, we don't, we can live without this fight. Like this doesn't do anything. This is just like, Oh, you're fighting. You're the champion. You're fighting this. You you're the champion. You defended yourself enough times where you're credible You've went up in weight classes, didn't do well. You came back down, handled business, and now we're going to give – you've done everything on the business side, so we're going to let you have your fun, right? That's the only way I could see that fight happening between him and Nick Diaz. But, like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if Nick uses that as a way to weasel his way into it. But I don't know. I think – I don't know. I think I, – I feel like it just – it's one of those weird situations in certain divisions, like in Izzy's division. It's one of those weird situations, like you said. He's cleared out the division, so he can kind of have he he can do whatever he wants. But as far as Nick goes, uh, Masvidal maybe, maybe a nice sprite can punch. <laughs> like, but other than that, I'm not really, 
I'm not too. I'm not super pressed. I'll say, uh, man, Israel just needs to focus on fighting Robert Whitaker because Robert Whitaker is is a tough t- a tough rematch. And as far as Nick fucking Diaz goes, man, like he can beat Robbie Lawler, but honestly, there's not too many people at welterweight today he can beat. I think if he fought Leon Edwards after fighting Robbie Lawler, Leon would beat him. It, it might be a little more competitive because Nick is the better fighter between him and Nate, but and Nate would admit that too. But I just, I just don't see Nick. He has the same problems that Nate has when it comes to fighting. They fight. Nick is the better boxer, but they have problems with with people who wrestle, and the top people, the the top welterweight fighters, they're all good grapplers and wrestlers. That they, they will never succeed against them, you know. And I think it's if if I was Dana White, which I'm not, and I don't want to be, but if hey Nick, you beat Robbie Lawler, if Masvidal hasn't decided to fight yet because he's doing these. You know, he's cherry picking fights now. Nick versus Masvidal, we could do that as a main event of a pay-per-view. We know that people are going to come out. We know people are going to buy. And that's that. Uh, but a big fight that people may going to come out and many people are going to buy. And we're also, we will be near it. We'll be attended, but we'll be near it. Errol Spence versus Manny Pacquiao. I know the press conferences and the little training videos is coming out. And it looks like that little lawsuit that Pacquiao had, as predicted, somebody, you know, somebody from the Pacquiao can't probably shell that at $3 million to close that shit out. So here we are. We're on the, on the course. Of course, a lot of diehard uh, Pacquiao fans are choosing Pacquiao to beat Errol Spence, but I think Errol Spence beats Manny Pacquiao. But what do you guys think about that fight? That's happening in August. Um, I personally, I I agree with you. I think Errol Spence has Manny Pacquiao's number on August twenty first. I think this is also Manny's first fight in like two years. I think his last fight was against um not Kel Brooks, um Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman, yeah. Like, and I I believe that ended in a win, a surprising win as well. So like, I mean, to me, I don't. I, I feel like Errol Spence is who he's always been. He's kind of like one of the boogeymen within uh within boxing especially around his weight class so i mean i I have errol spence winning that fight manny pacquiao is manny pacquiao nonetheless still a legend still competing at a high level so even competing at a high level he's he's still going to entertain us with the power that he has with the speed that he has some people are rumored there i did see some rumors i don't know how true they are is that Manny's starting to have like leg problems, like cramp, leg cramp problems, which I think from what I hear happens to people as they get older sometimes. But I mean, it's Manny Pacquiao. He's always going to find a way to win and he doesn't make an excuse. Um, personally to me, I think if this fight does, well, not if, but when this fight does happen and Errol Spence wins, I think this is going to be nothing short of a passing of the torch, to be honest with you, of, solidifying Errol Spence more of just because I, I think more, most people know him in boxing itself, but Manny Pacquiao is a popular name. And if he gets, uh, if he was to get, uh, if he was to starch Manny and knock him out clean, we'll be talking about Errol Spence for people will be talking about Errol Spence for, for the time, for a long time to come. But 
I don't know if that would if that were to happen. I don't see that happening until like the tenth round, tenth or eleventh round. I can't see him knocking Manny out so quickly. So, but I, I do have Earl Spence winning nonetheless. So I'm not gonna lie. Um, of course, I've seen Manny Pacquiao fight before. I've never seen Errol Spence fight before, but I'm uh, curious to see him fight. So I'm not really going to say as to who I want to win because I don't really, you know, know much about Errol Spence at all. Um, but I'm curious to see because I feel like he's one of the young names that y'all keep on bringing up. I just watched Tank and, you know, I'm curious to see as to how this guy, you know, matches up. Apparently he's like one of the best, if not the best, correct? Yeah, like uh, a lot of people consider him to be like one of like the more uh, knockout type of fight, not well knockout fighters, but more of like a fighter that he's considered like a boogeyman nonetheless, right? Where he's he's stopped a lot, he's stopped some opponents as well as just like a lot of you could tell a lot of fighters have ran from him as well, and unfortunately he's him and Terrence Crawford are like like the like the prize fight that everybody wants to see happen. Across all divisions, that's yeah. the fight. And yeah. I could go, go ahead, Spence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, but I, like, and as you can hear, like, the, just the, the eagerness in Lyle's voice, right? Like, it's, it, it goes to show you that, okay, someone like Earl Spence, he's at, he's at such a level where he, People are at this point, people are saying like, okay, we have to, we want, we have dream fights with them at this point, right? And a lot of it won't, some of these fights won't happen because of politics, unfortunately. He's beat the best, he's fought some of the best, he's knocked out some of the best, he's flatlined, he's stopped fighters before. He's been, he's been one of the fighters that a lot of people consider to be on like the murderer's row of today when it comes to boxing, right? So and when I say that, there was at some point in time in boxing, like in the 80s, I believe there was like, a, a, I think, four boxers that nobody wanted to fight. And everybody dodged them because they were considered like murderers, bro. Like, if you fight them, you're probably getting knocked out. You're probably getting stopped. You're, you're not winning the fight. You're you're pretty much signing up for a check to, to, get, to get whooped. Yeah. So, the, like... The four heavenly kings. Exactly. So, like the four horsemen to now like he's kind of one of the leading packs of that. So Earl Spence is uh, someone that I, someone you'll be entertained by. Now, if Manny Pacquiao goes out there and does what is unbelievable, what seems to be impossible for many fighters, we'll, we'll be surely entertained. But um, well, before we move on, um, I know we didn't put this up for the week, but did you guys see the Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul press conference at all? Man, that boy was shivering in his boots, man. He looked I, fucking scared. He did. I just hope Tyron continues to stay, keep focus, and uh, and gets the job done. It, which that fight actually happens in August as well. I that's all I hope. I just hope that Tyron continues to stay focused and treats this like he's fighting a Canelo or fighting, you know, somebody up there. I hope he doesn't just lose focus. That's all I'm hoping for, because he stays focused. This is his fight to to lose. Yeah, I, and I definitely agree with that. Like, I mean, now, granted, I will say this. I do have Tyron Willie winning that fight, but I won't be surprised if he loses because he did walk out to the press conference with his own music, right? So, like, like he, he 
T-Dog was the person rapping on his come out music for the press conference. So, I mean, I, I hope he's taking it with more, uh, he's taking the everything else more serious because clearly the selection choice of music isn't. Um, but yeah, like it, it, like Lau said, like if it, this is only Ty, only Tyron Woodley can lose this fight. And the only way he can lose this fight is if he allows himself to get too invested. I think even Jake Paul realizes like, hey, that talking stuff isn't working. You can tell he was even nervous and scared during the during the match during the just the the press conference they i think he went as far as to say like hey we'll get a tattoo that's what they're that's they finally found that's the thing that this fight will be over now is who will get a tattoo of each other of someone's name it didn't really look like he was winning any part of the press conference until he started digging into tyron woodley's personal life how many kids do you have it's like Mm -hmm. none of your fucking business you know what i mean like why are you saying that I was sitting there watching that, and I was just like, yo, like, if if Tyron Woodley had came out to the other verse that I heard, I agree with you, because that verse is fucking trash. But that song, maybe he'd go out there and actually beats his ass, like he says in the song. Man. Or whoop I, his ass. I, 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 man, I just hope he stays focused. Bad song <laughs> or not. I hope he... <laughs> He stays focused. Maybe he's putting that song on to help put his boy on. That was on the song. I don't nah, know. That was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, whatever. I'm just saying. <laughs> Tyron, stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. If he never wins another boxing fight in his life, by That's God, he, he this is the one he has to win. He has to yeah. win this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you can't. He this needs. is the. Yeah, yeah, this is not the fight that you out of all fights to lose. This is not the fight to lose. Exactly. Like, especially because it, it, I'll say this. If Jake Paul were, were to win this fight, it would change things dynamically for like his his trajectory in terms of like fighting pr- prospects, because then it's like you beat a legitimate fighter, a world class, world level champion say whatever you want about him not being able to compete at the highest level anymore. He can't, Tyrone Woolley can't compete at the highest level, but can pretty much beat a, a dozen of dozens of people. So he, if Tyrone, long story short, Tyrone Woolley could probably fight in another organization, right? And probably do well, depending on who he's matched up against, right? Lesser talent, lesser quality talent. So I think for him, he does need to focus because no matter what, the only person that wins out of this is Jake Paul. I mean, I feel like Tyron wins too because he get he'll get a paycheck, and it, they had that they have that rematch clause. So Tyron wins, like I think he sh- like he think is win. No, it's really on Jake Paul if he's going to enforce the rematch clause or not. And I think it depends on how bad he'll lose. If he gets brutally knocked out, I, he's not going to enforce that rematch clause. He's going to go <laughs> and try to fight another fucking jobber that doesn't know how to fight. But let's say it was a close fight and Tyron just, he won on the cards. I could see Jake Paul trying to rematch and be like, oh, I was this close to beating you type shit. And then which will help sell the pay-per-view, the rematch even bigger. No, that's true. That is true. Like, I I can definitely see that happening. I mean, I I think the biggest, the and that's why I think it, it rings true in what you're saying about Tyron staying focused. Because... If he doesn't stay focused, like, because I think he, it seems like he may come out there with the the idea of like, hey, I'm going to knock this kid's head off. And don't get me wrong, Tyron Willie 
has the power to knock it, knock dudes out, flatline them. But the thing is this, right? He has the ability to flatline these guys, but that's also when you're the the style of his style of fighting is different in that space. In boxing, you're only using a hand. So going too far to try to get a hook or being a little too aggressive could get allow him to get caught. And that's just the one thing we don't want to have happen <laughs> when it comes to him. Just because of, you know how we've seen it. Connor showed us all what happens, especially when these fighters get emotionally invested in into a fight. Yeah. So no, I, I think it's crazy. Um, we just talked about two fights that are happening in August, and for some reason, we're almost in August, and we're still talking about the NBA Finals. The NBA is dragging out this final series. Yes, yes. Yo, I didn't realize that until you just called that out. Yes, and it's not done. We have another game coming up on Tuesday, but the um, finals are kind of interesting. The Bucks are showing out, and it looks like they might take this series if the Suns, you know, stop fucking around. Yeah, the it just seems like the Bucks they want it more. They they want it more. They're more hungry. You can even see from you know um, game five that defensively they're collected together. They're trying to get these fucking steals. They're just playing more. They're they're being more clutch on plays. I just free throws. They're they're making the majority of their free throws. It's like they're you could tell Milwaukee wants to taste a championship. They have it. The, the state of Wisconsin has a scene one since Aaron Rodgers brought them one. And before Ooh. that, <laughs> and before that, Ooh. they have. <laughs> they beat us, so fuck that. <laughs> that might have been the only time I ever rooted for you guys. <laughs> and then and then they haven't seen one before that since when fucking Oscar Robertson with the Milwaukee Bucks way back in the 70s. You know what I mean? Well, we were even fucking existed. So, like, I just feel like. The Bucks is they want it more. They want to bring a championship back to the this uh state of Wisconsin, the city of Milwaukee. That's so shout out Wakanda. Yeah, that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Like I know Giannis is African, but damn, like my God. <laughs> Giannis comes from the city of Wakanda. Yeah. You, you know, Usman, he was rooting for him. And he was like, my African brother, Giannis. I hope they win. <laughs> him and Gucci, man. Who, who would have thought they had something in common? Oh, yeah, Gucci. Gucci and Kamara. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I just think that the Bucks, they seem like they wanted more. I know my prediction is the Suns. I still have to go with the Suns winning. The series is not over. Even though the Bucks, they're one win away. One win away. But throughout these whole playoffs, what I've learned is we can't count the teams out that look like they're about to get shut out because they always fucking come back. This playoffs, even though it's been drug out because the, the ESPN NBA TV schedule, man, it's been a lot of crazy games these this year's playoffs. So I'm excited. I will be watching game six between the Bucks and the Suns because the Bucks can very well win, but the Suns can also come back and break it to a game seven. And if it comes to a game seven, everybody's tuning in because it's going to be like, can the Bucks do it or can the Suns do it? Either way, we're getting a new NBA champion and somebody's legacy is being cemented. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, granted, like I, like we all know, I don't cover, I don't cover the NBA as much, but um, even in, like you said, especially when you, when you're looking, if it goes to a game seven, right? You look at just the way 
that story is told is even better because you're having someone like Chris Paul who finally is, he, he's one game away from winning his champ, his first championship. And you have this young talent, which is Giannis on the other side, who's looking for his first championship as well. So like just that storyline in itself for just NBA casual fans and fans all alike and not like it's an interesting story. So I think um, I think it'd be interesting to see how this how this goes if it goes to a game seven. Um, it's I'm really pushing for the Suns because I, I'm just pushing for Chris Paul. I think Giannis Giannis I think Giannis has a, he'll hopefully be back again. My thing is, is I, I hope he's back again only because it's very hard to get to the NBA Finals and itself. And who knows how what the season being dragged out this long almost to August how this will impact the season, this next season or seasons to come in terms of how the NBA does things. So I think um, if you were watching the game last night, Chris Paul definitely looked like he had some words for Devin Booker towards the end of the game. And I don't blame him either because Devin Booker, like he, I think for somebody who just made it to the finals, maybe it's just a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? And maybe sometimes you just don't make all of the right decisions because it's not like he wasn't balling. Like, you know what I mean? He had like 30-something points. Like, dude was doing his thing. But there were certain points in the game where Devin Booker is like, yo, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, for real. I was was watching game five with Nigel, and Nigel was getting angry. Like, yo... (laughs) Like Devin, what the fuck are you doing? It I've I've never seen Nigel get a little passionate about basketball. Basketball before. So it it was game five was a good game. It was it was it was a close game until like the last two to three minutes when the Bucks they started kind of like actually it was kind of closed down to the last minute, the really. Liar. Yo, yeah, it was a good it, game. It was a good oh, really? game. Yeah. 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 It it man. Uh shouts out to Drew Holiday, man, when he got that fucking steal. And then he alley-ooped to, to Giannis. That was crazy. End of the game, man. And I wasn't even mad at it. Like, it. I mean, well, I kind of was. But, like, it, <laughs> at, the same, at the same point in time, like, it was entertaining to watch. Yeah, I can believe it. Uh, also, um, while we're talking about sports, I believe it was Candace Owens that is on the cover of the new 2K. What? <laughs> no, oh, no, no, Candace no. Parker. Yeah, Candace Parker. Yeah, Candace Parker. I was I, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I knew something was off here. <laughs> I can't was... imagine Candace Owens on the 2K game, right? <laughs> For what? <laughs> Yo, she might be an unlocked character, man. Shit. Jesus. You playing man. with her? You putting Candace yeah. Owens on your team? Imagine her stats. Yo, man. Yo, man. She gonna get text. She gonna get teched out. She'll be getting yeah. teched out talking to the ref too crazy. Yeah, Jack did. Maybe. Did y'all yeah. see? Uh, I know we're talking about games and it's a move off of sports. Like, you know, I'm not sure if y'all saw. Well, I know what y'all saw that the Super Mario 64 that was still in his package sold for $1.5 million. Shouts out to that guy. Yeah, like that. That was incredible. That was incredible to see, uh, especially knowing how we've all, we've seen. There's been this thing in the retro community, I guess you could say, where it's like, how or just for my sneak peek at it right or just me looking at it from time to time where there's always this thing of like these games that from our childhood that go for a higher ticket price or selling practically the same as a new game for a, a playstation 5 right so and these are like used games like cartridges that you got to blow in so you don't even know like you're still taking a chance so 
it's seeing how like just this aftermarket sell of like something that's never been opened before selling for $1.5 million. I think this just opened up a whole new floodgate for, for just gaming in, in itself, gaming and just, uh, I don't know if you want to call it antiquing or whatever, but yeah, like I, it's opened up a whole new gate in terms of gaming, especially. Yeah, I agree with you, Spence. Um, actually, because of that, I was thinking like, okay, yes, we did grow up in the Super Nintendo era, but you know, most of us as kids, we weren't thinking about let's keep our fucking boxes. Yeah. But after seeing that, I was like, hey man, I'm gonna buy one of these PlayStation 5 games and never crack the seal. And let's just see how <laughs> how rare this motherfucker could get in like 10, 15 years. Because I don't know if such, you know, person A thought like, hey, I got Super Mario, which was a common game in that time period. Everybody's mom and dad could go to the store and buy it. I don't know if they thought like, hey, this game's going to be worth 1.5 million one day. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) They didn't. I'll tell you Exactly. To keep it encased (laughs) for all those years since the 90s. So that, that gives me the little motivation to be like, I'm going to wait for a special game to come out that I know everybody is going to be a little popular or whatever. I'm going to buy a copy, keep it in the plastic, keep it wrapped, take care of it. And let's see how long, let's see 10, 15 years, how it'll go. If, if it sells, kudos to me. If it doesn't sell, Hey man, I'm just, it's time to rip the shit out the plastic. See if it works. <laughs> but but it, it's like a, it's like a 60 to $70 investment. We'll see. You know what I mean? So my thing is this, right? With some of these gaming companies moving towards streaming and whatnot, and this this is kind of a bigger conversation because this goes past video games, but how do you think it's going to affect people with getting, like, these physical copies in comparison to playing games on, like, Netflix? Um, when they're, they're starting to stream games, they're going to get into it, you know what I mean? Different companies and whatnot. Like, how do you guys feel? One, how do you guys feel about Netflix trying to stream games? Two... How do you feel like the streaming of games and just streaming in general will increase things? We don't have to do like a deep dive today, but just, you know, short words. I mean, I'll say this. Um, I I think streaming, the, the impact of streaming will, I think it will help expand the gaming market just because it's at, to some extent, definitely you're going through Netflix, right? Now that means it's easily accessible for anybody practically because almost everyone has Netflix if if not you have something that's probably a competitor that will probably open up something very similar it's coming yeah exactly so I think having that I think this will I think this will open up the floodgates for just more gaming because we saw with uh what was it Fortnite I think Fortnite was one of those like huge games that still has like it's a huge impact in its own way right and it's just in a digital space so are primarily most people my understanding most people use play this game from a digital standpoint right because you can download it on your phone right so like i think this is going to enhance gaming but i also think when it comes to like that antiquing thing of like having the physical copy i think that's going to also um i think i think it's going to be very similar to what we see with like albums right where artists are everything comes out on streaming and then you'll have like uh like Griselda artists, for instance, they'll put out um, 
a vinyl collection. They'll put out vinyls of an album that they drop through streaming, but at the same time, there's only a limited amount. So you may be able to buy, you may be able to buy, um, let's say Fortnite, for instance. Oh, let's just say, let's say the next Grand Theft Auto is through streaming, per, a streaming game, right? But you have the opportunity to, there might only, they may only put out maybe a thousand copies of the actual game. If they put out a thousand co- physical copies of the game, that, that copy is worth so much now. So, yeah, that's like my opinion of it for the most part. Yeah, uh, Spence had a good take on on everything. I think that the streaming service is kind of like part of the is this the change of technology, the upgrading of technology, as what was common and what was the norm of the past is being phased out. And I think that you just hell today. Yes, you can still go out to the store and buy a disc for your Xbox or for a fucking um, PlayStation. But as you can see, you could be in the comfort of your home and, hey, this game came out. I don't need to go to the store. I could just go to the online store right here, download it, play right here. Boom. And a lot of people fuck with that. They And with that, companies may start cutting costs. Like, hey, we don't need to produce these CDs because these games... You know, you could get everything by down, downloading it online. And so I, it, and I think also, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day with PC gaming, hey, you had the disc, you put the disc in, some games you need the disc to play, but some games, hey, once you install it, you don't need the disc anymore. Yeah. And the, they don't do that with these uh, these current gen consoles. If you have the disc, hey, to order to play, you need to have the disc. So. I feel like some people who are who feel like popping in CDs or discs, whatever, if they feel that's inconvenient, they're not going to miss the hardware. They're going to be like, hey, man, just give it to me digitally. I'm, I'm cool with that. And that's why they had the PS5 disc version and the PS5 non-disc version, because some people really don't give a fuck about it. So the streaming shit kind of benefits people like that, because what if, like, you telling me, just like Xbox, you tell me I just have to pay ten fifty a month and I get all these brand new games. And exactly. I could try I could try them out. If I don't fuck with it, delete it off my shit. If I fuck with it, obviously I'm gonna keep in and play it until I'm done with it. That's just the way this shit is going. Now I'm not saying it'll be like Apple Music and Spotify. If you really fuck with the album and you really want to support, you're gonna go to iTunes and, and buy it for $9.99. If not, you're just going to stream the shit, keep it in your library, or if you don't fuck with it, you delete it. And that's where the shit is, is, is coming down to. Here's why I see it, right? And just two things, really. I think with games becoming more accessible, they might stop putting out discs, and they might just be like, hey, if you want to buy it, just buy the special edition. That's just going to cost like $100, and that's just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You got to come out of pocket if you want the extra shit and maybe the physical version too. But we're going to make it less. We're going to make it limited edition. The shit's going to be cool. You're going to want it. And that's just what it is. But I think streaming things opens up an interesting conversation when it comes to censorship. Because like, if you notice, like some of these things that you get, you know, you'll stream them and whatever the companies decide to put out, it doesn't have to be the original version. Case in point, like this goes past gaming to a certain degree. I was listening to Burden of Proof recently, 
And it was not the same version of Burden of Proof that I heard last fucking year. So, huh? like, yo, yeah. it just Hold is on, what, what, what it is. What yeah, do you mean? The, the instrumentation was different. Yeah, they changed. They changed. Some of the beats are different, man. You gotta listen to the shit. Hold on, hold on, Thomas. <laughs> Yo, the the vinyl I gave you, be keep it forever. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Big Cozy, because <laughs> <laughs> you will, like Naja said, you have the original release now, because it's been that's, altered. Yes, that's sick. Are you serious? A lot of people like the Office. Some of those scenes are cut the fuck out. My point is, is that if you really like something, get the original, because yeah. if if it's just on streaming services, you're not going to have access to that shit all the time. Just it's is like, what it is. Yeah, it's similar to like uh, YG Meet the Flockers, right? Like, I'm not sure if you guys heard, but like earlier this year, there was a big issue because of, you, we, know, we all know how everything was going on with the Asian community and the hate crimes. And in Meet the Flockers, which is off uh, YG's, uh, I think My Crazy Life, uh, album, which is from what, maybe what, 2014, 2015. Yeah. He's pretty much talking about like how to do a, a burglary or break in. And it's pretty much aimed at Asian communities, right? Mm. So, yeah. But it's, nah, it's not good. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it, right. The product so, of the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It was a product of, of his time, right? So right. what's, what's going to happen, what has happened is they've actually removed the song. So like, you can't even get the song. I believe either they changed the lyrics or they you can't even get the song. It sounds like this is um, similar to what Kanye West's exactly thing was, that. where it's like a growing album, which is cool, but that's all cool and all, but just re-release it. Re-release it as something else of like, hey, this is the growing version of this, and this is the original version. Because I think similar to like West Side Guns, um, album i think fly guy is an awesome guy too like yeah I, i'm not like great minder like to me great one great minder is really drive drive by love story or whatever right drive by love was the original version that was on apple music i guess they realized they messed it up because when we did our review that's when we realized it was a difference and come to find out great minder is a totally different song they switched it so the song that I know is the same song that you heard on Spotify, but now I don't even like listening. I skip that track now because it's like, it changes the whole flavor and my whole way of taking in this album. So I think yeah. even, um, granted, we kind of deviated from like games itself, but I do think like, I agree where like, they're going to find a way of creating an original because I, I think, like you said, digitally, when it's a digital thing and streaming, it makes it bigger for a casual person that wants to play video games. But hey, I don't want to spend the extra hundred couple hundred dollars. So I think streaming it it helps with the streaming. But like like you said, they're going they are all of them are going to put out a physical copy. But the right. physical copy is just going to be like a limited edition, like you said, where even like uh, NBA Live and Two K they've done that for years where they would put out like the one version that's a hundred dollars and then which may come with extra things. And then the, everything else is just a standard 50, $60 package. Having this gaming system and streaming overall is it has its benefit, but I do think it, like you said, like if whenever they put out these physical copies, fine, or 
even if there's a way to preserve it digitally, because I, which I think will happen at some point, they'll find a way of preserving like these original copies. Cause even the same with Instagram, right? You can go and you can go to an older version of Instagram, but you have to use whatever like other technology to even have that accessibility, that assess, be able to be, have that to be accessible to you. So, right. Um, yeah, so I, I just think this is something to just be on the lookout for, especially when it comes to streaming and like just gaming systems in a, in a whole. I know Lyle's been looking forward to the new Valve console. He hit me up the other day, said, yo, da-da-da-da-da, this thing's coming out. looks to be kind of impressive. And I got to say, like, it does look kind of interesting. I might get one. Lyle, what are, you, what are you excited for about this thing? All right, so listeners, the company Valve, they're kind of a PC company. And uh, they're getting in the handheld market, except technically speaking, they're not releasing a video game console. They're releasing a portable PC. Yes, it's geared towards games, but, and it's actually shaped like a handheld console, but it's actually a portable PC. It's actually stronger than your PS4s and it's stronger than your Xbox Ones. You could do, you could treat it like a fucking PC. You can print, you could type up Word documents, all that shit. But they're like, hey, you could play games, but you could do all the extra shit too. And I think that's a, I'm excited for it. I was like, this, about time. I think it's cool, man. I'm, I'll probably like try to get one, you know what I mean? But like, I think it's cool that they did that. I'm looking forward to it, you know? I think um, Steam's been talking about putting out a gaming console of some type for a long time, and I think they made the right move by trying to make it handheld. So, I, shout out to them for that. And it's and it sold out. It sold out until the third quarter of next year. Everybody yeah. hopped on. Oh, it. until next year. Third quarter, yeah. third quarter of next next year. year. Yeah. Wow. So they did the pre-release on Friday, July sixteenth. Immediately sold out. across the website. And then they brought it back, and now they they sold out until quarter three, 2022. And the, the resales on like eBay for the pre-orders and shit going for 3000, 5,000. What? Everybody, everybody, everybody's trying to get their hands on this one. And like, because this one is a nice, it's a, if you're into, if you want something mobile and portable and you like computers, this is something you would like to have. It's this is it's kind of like PC on steroids. Exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. I, I just was looking at it. It looks like the way you're describing it and what I'm seeing. It looks like the PSP meets a laptop. Yeah. In 2021, and it's like on steroids, essentially. Yeah, exactly. It's, people it's love the PSP. Great. People did yeah. love the PSP. I still got mine, so I trust me. I, I had a. I think I bought a battery for it last year, actually. Yeah, keep that motherfucker, man. Forever. Oh, trust me. Believe that. You already know that. Like, so I got a question, right? So which because it, it just made me think of this. Um what Lao saying that this is sold out to quarter three of next year. And then we also know how things were when it came to well, not how things were, how things are for like the PlayStation, right? This I don't know if it's just me. But this eerily reminds me of how, like, when the sneaker hype became, like, so much to a point where, like, a lot of, like, s- some people just got out of sneakers because of, like, the, because of, like, 
the hype of it, right? Because right. now, now it's like you're saying, like if this is like this is surpasses any Jordan release or something to that nature. But it's like, hold hold on, I want this, but I can't even get it because it's sold out till a year from now. And then to buy, you're you're paying three thousand dollars for so, something that that will eventually be restocked, possibly. So. uh a decent bit of this is because of, you know, anticipation, but there's also a chip shortage when it comes to, like, electronics and whatnot. That's why there's a shortage on cars. There's a shortage on video cards. There's a shortage on PS5. There's a shortage on this. It it all stems back to the ship, this chip shortage that started actually last year. So a lot of these companies that are putting out these electronics don't have the actual chips it takes to make this shit run. So they can't just sell it. You know what I mean? So how does that... Hold on. So... Uh, is there right, cuz I'm not aware about the chip shortage, right? I think I've heard something about about I don't know enough information to give an opinion on it. But my so if it's a chip shortage, it, it, is there like a metal or something that's like a raw material that that there's a limit there's a there's limit there's limitations to getting because it you know what I'm saying because if it's a chip, right? That means these chips can be made. If these chips could be me, if is there a, a supply chain issue or something, or uh, I'm just not I'm lost as to why, as to why a, there's a chip shortage that has impacted all these different facets of well, our lives. What I would have to assume is that like it would have to be a production thing across the board. Honestly, don't know as to why it is, but you got to think right. Like all these jobs slowed down, some of them stopped. So I mean, like regardless if you were the one in the factory or the one getting the materials, all of it stopped or slowed down last year. So they were not able to push out. If they Let's say if they push out 5 million a day, that slowed down to a certain degree. And chips are in everything. They're in your fridge. They're in your car. They're in, they're in everything. Yes, and they have in. a shortage. Say, say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of wild. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, the shit that we're using to make this podcast right now is running off of chips, probably a few. So it's like they just don't have it. It just is what it is. Yeah. Oh, speaking of chips, right? Um, just want to say this. I was listening to it recently. Action Bronson had one classic mix. Had a classic mixtape with blue chips too. Oh yeah. Just, yeah. It, I was just re-listening to it again and just had to give it its praise. That's all. I had to give it its flowers. Shout out to chips. Shout yeah. Out yeah, shouts out to uh, Bam Bam Baklava and the producer Party Supplies. Bam Bam Baklavizzi. Yeah. <laughs> taking taking ginger, ginger shots with concentrated curl cinder blocks. Like Bronsolino, man. He yeah. he's another one that had he gave himself a lot of nicknames. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. And I think he he had a very interesting way of um just being a, a rapper. Like even in terms of the way he talked. Certain things I, I'm not going to repeat because it's it, it could be cringeworthy to some people or whatever. But it was very interesting, very interesting rapper. I think he he'll I, don't, I feel like he'll never get the flowers he deserves overall. Connoisseur rap man, that's yeah. what he had. Talked about a lot of fly shit, a lot of food shit before it was yeah. a thing. <laughs> before it was a thing, yeah. <laughs> Do we have anything else for the listeners, y'all? Mm. Hell no, man. God, God is the greatest. He is beyond above everything else. Shouts out to everybody. <laughs> I I I hate the listeners. Mm. I, I love. <laughs> Doesn't I, even I feel love, real, man. 
I love the support. I hate, <laughs> I hate the listeners. I love the support. And go ahead and tell them what tell them what else you'll do. We'll break the, their goddamn neck. It wouldn't be you. It wouldn't be cozy if it wouldn't be cozy, man. So, listeners, uh, make sure you follow us at the Highly Vice Podcast on Instagram. Yes. Advise Highly on Twitter. Mm. Subscribe to us on YouTube at mm. the Highly Advice Podcast. Okay. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you leave comments. Let us know what you like and let us know what you liked. Because if you tell us what you didn't like, we don't give a fuck. Fuck you, psych now. Let us know. <laughs> what you like. let, just let us know. And we appreciate all the um, the feedback. And we definitely appreciate anybody tuning in and spending their, their time listening to us. So we will always have love for you guys and all that. And thank you very much. Facts, facts, facts. Everything. Agree with all of that. Um, yeah. Thank you for everything. Thanks for listening. As always, make sure you drink your water, wear your mask, or what? Actually, at this point, get get out how you live. Do do it. Do what makes you feel calm. Uh, yeah. Hey man, listen. I hear you. Yeah. Hey man, I, drink candy all day. Drink lean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Like, I guess I gotta cut that. <laughs> Why you gotta cut that? I, I, mean, <laughs> I guess I don't. It, I guess I don't. Get it how you live. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You can, uh, hey, do whatever you want to do. We yeah. won't be there to see whatever happens. So. Oh my! All I, all I'm gonna say is this: This is not yeah. advice. This is not legal advice. <laughs> this is not legal advice so for all you take time life advice. Yeah, for, all, for comedic purposes only. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Entertainment Jesus. purposes only, man. Oh, um, that's one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, what up, young little Dirk and his girlfriend? Oh uh, shit, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, like, uh, just wanted to say, like, good thing they were able to make it out of that whole situation. Apparently, him and his girlfriend got in a shootout with uh, some people trying to break in. Apparently, they said it. He was sliding like clips to his girlfriend across the room so she could get different angles because they were running playbooks. Or like they were like the Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie. Um, so good. Thankfully, they were able to um, they were able to be out get out of that situation alive, uh, and nobody was harmed. And yeah, I mean, and of course, we all know this is going to be considered goals on social media now by every young every young lady. Man. So wow. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. Goals. If that's if that's your goals. Listen, right. I, I went on Twitter and I saw it. I've I've already seen like oh, goals. Like I, I don't I don't think risking your life and almost dying. But hey, we're about to get out of here. Listeners, if you're women and those are your goals, stay the fuck away from me. Um, I I am relaxing. Noji underscore Jackson. He likes girls like that. Don't <laughs> let him lie to you. That is st I, dot. I, I like me a Sasha Fierce. S T dot K I G C H. I want me a Sasha Fierce. That is big cozy, too cozy. We yes. are the highly advised podcast. Episode 65. We'll be here next week. We will see you guys later. You have been highly advised. Shashal. Boom. <laughs>